You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Reaching across the aisle here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine. And you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Most importantly, though, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns, where you can give me your predictions for Game 6 in Los Angeles. That is where we go today. Christian Rivas of uh, Silver Screen and Roll, the Lakers SB Nation community, is my guest today. I wanted to bring a Lakers guest on. I previewed the the series with the Kamenetsky brothers of Locked On Lakers before all of this happened, right after the play-in game a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I hadn't talked to a Lakers guy in a while since then, so I wanted to just kind of set the stage. This really could be the last game of the series. Um, We are seeing the mortality of LeBron James confront us face-to-face, so we get into that, we get into some adjustments we could see, and the latest on Anthony Davis and Contavious Caldwell-Pope health-wise from the Lakers side of things. So, a great show. I love talking to Christian. Uh, Hung out with him quite a bit in Vegas Summer League back in 2019. Hit it off with him. Love talking hoops with him, and he knows the Lakers as well as anybody, so I'm sure you will enjoy this conversation, which is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Let's get to the show, folks. Christian, getting you ready from the Lakers perspective, but really, I mean, it's just a a sort of series digest and a preview for the game and uh, a conversation about what's at stake here. So here we go. Joined now by Christian Rivas of Silver Screen and Roll, a Lakers podcaster and writer over there. I wanted to bring you on, Christian, to get the the Lakers point of view on this thing because we are headed to L.A., Suns up 3-2. We know the 30-point win that just took place on Tuesday night in the Valley here. Um, but I want to kind of take a second to, to set the stage from the Lakers side of things. We'll get into some adjustments we might see. We'll preview the game as thoroughly as we can. But uh, the, the Lakers did have availability today to give an update on some of their injuries. So we'll start with that. Um, Anthony Davis, I think it's still just sort of up in the air from what it seems like. He did speak today. You wrote about that a little bit, and uh, it seems almost like a similar thing with KCP. What's your hunch there? What do we know? What should Suns fans expect as far as those two guys being around in this game? That is an excellent question, and truthfully and honestly, we can only go off of what the Lakers and, and the train or what Frank Vogel really Frank Vogel and Anthony Davis said at practice on Wednesday. Um, you know, that doesn't tell us much about what they actually know. And uh, you know, there may be more stuff going on, but from what we know, from what we were told, Anthony Davis is doing all the treatment and exercises he can to play in game six. However, you were to ask me my opinion on whether or not AD will play in game six. Um, I'm just, I'm very pessimistic. Uh, sounded like he tried to give it a go in game five. And I guess just a lot of the movements that, that you associate with basketball, like running, uh, he just couldn't do. 
and that seems important. I don't know what two days of treatment will do for that. I've I've never had a groin strain, uh, particularly not at the pro Sounds level. But doesn't it? it Sounds yeah. terrible. And, and I think the most concerning thing to me was the fact that he said if if it were any other injury, like if it were a knee injury, an ankle injury, that's an injury that you can kind of push through and, and play through. But the groin injury is connected to all movements you make as, as a basketball player. And, you know, if, if that's the case, I, I'm not super confident he'll play in game six. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is an, another case, uh, you know, going by Anthony Davis's logic, if it, it, it is an elimination game and if he needs to play, uh, KCP will probably play through it, but Anthony Davis KCP has the uh, any other injury, right? <laughs> like he Correct. has something yes. that is he not falls the under that category. Yeah, I, the thing that that kind of I mean, genuinely, like setting aside the series that kind of started to worry me about AD is the the quote you said, but then also just him kind of walking the media through the interconnectedness of everything, which obviously makes sense, but saying that the groin happened because of the tightness in the knee and the hyperextension that he suffered in the knee, like you start to have that ripple effect and it gets to be, like you said, I mean, it impacts mobility, but it's also just, you, you know, is it, does that end up with, you know, worsening the knee thing? Does that mean that like you're talking about basically a whole leg that doesn't work? I, I do agree right. with you on the pessimism. It's just, it's hard to imagine. I, I put this up on the, the podcast Twitter account. Like I just, it feels very unlikely that you could imagine Anthony Davis playing a high, high level NBA game in less than 24 hours. It just, it doesn't seem like we're trending that way. Um, one thing on that note, cause I agree like KCP maybe plays, although Vogel did say that, you know, similarly just his overall movement, which is the same thing we sons folks have been hearing about Chris Paul was just off. That's never a good thing. Um, but maybe he plays, we'll see. I'm not sure he hasn't been super effective as an offensive player either way, but it seems like the vibe over there is that Kyle Kuzma might be more of a likelihood to start in game six instead of Markeith Morris, who we saw get the start in five, but only play 10 minutes. Is that your read on it? What, what would Kuzma bring that's different than obviously Morris's kind of relative uh, low performance on, on Tuesday? Uh, I think the main thing is just, more defensive versatility. Um, the Suns got some pretty favorable switches and have gotten some pretty favorable switches throughout the series, but especially in that game five, um, not that it mattered. They were getting to their spots regardless of who the Lakers put in front of them. But uh, I think Kuzma is just more of a mobile defender is, is somebody that can step up to Devin Booker and Cameron Payne in, in that space between the rim and the three-point line that the Suns have just been killing Marcus All and Andre Drummond in. And, you know, Marquise Morris is another player that once he steps too far away from the basket is prone to getting scored on. So that and, you know, depending on who starts at center, we got a pretty cryptic tweet from Andre Drummond about controlling what you can control. Um, I imagine if, if you were to read into that, probably means Marcus all is, is starting in the game six. Uh, I, I read that, into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you're not alone. <laughs> A lot of people did and including myself. And, um, you know, I, what's funny to me is 
and what's not not so much funny as it is discouraging to Lakers fans is it's not so much an Andre Drummond versus Marc Gasol series at this point. It is do, giving up what you can or what you have to at the five spot and controlling what you can control at every other position because whether it's DeAndre Ayton or just Cameron Payne attacking the rim, putting pressure on the rim, the Lakers do not have an answer. That I am certain of, um, at least with the roster they have available. The only answer they do have is Anthony Davis at the five. And if Anthony Davis uh, doesn't play in game six, you can't play Anthony Davis at the five. Uh, groundbreaking analysis for me. What are your thoughts? I feel like you're right. My guess is that if he's not active for the game, that he would be unable mm-hmm. to play center in the game. Right. Um, but no, you're right. And it's so weird. Like, what is up with that? Why? I, I, again, a very basic elementary level question, but like, what the heck is happening that this defense can't do that? Like they have, you'd think centers is the thing that they have the most of and that defending the rim should be, something that they might not have to worry about. Maybe you would worry, you know, can the, the Suns get hot from three? Can the ball movement start to mess with the, what the Lakers do in rotation? Can they, you know, make take advantage of mismatches? All that stuff, I guess I kind of could have predicted from the Suns, but what I have not, did not see coming is those two that you identified, Payne getting to the basket, Booker getting to the basket mostly and, and drawing fouls when he does. And then, yeah, DeAndre Ayton's had a monster series. What do you make of it? I think a lot of it has to do with just the physicality that the Aiton in particular it, in that matchup, the, the problems his physicality poses. Um, you know, Marcus All is a really smart defender, and I thought he did a half decent job on Devin Booker in game two. Uh, and Andre Drummond, I thought at the start of the series, looked all right uh, in the starting lineup next to Anthony Davis. I thought they were starting to find their footing there without Anthony Davis. So, and without a help defender in, in Drummond's case in particular, it is really, really hard to play uh, Andre Drummond at the five, because even though he has the size and, and speed to maybe give Deandre Ayton problems and, and be physical with him, the effort just isn't there on a consistent basis with him. And we saw that in, in game five, it's probably led to the decision for, for Frank Vogel to pull him out of the starting lineup. Assuming that's happened again, reading way too much into just, well, one didn't tweet. start the second half in game five. Right. Right. So right. Not unpredicted. So yeah, it, that's all it is. I Deandre Ayton is such a force uh, at the center position and the few times that he has struggled have been when another player puts really puts a body on him and and makes him post up and and work for his shot LeBron James has done that on a few occasions and you know if I was the head coach of the Lakers my galaxy brain move would be just to play LeBron James at center and live with the results Um, but I'm not the head coach of the Lakers and I also don't know if that would work at this point you're just throwing stuff at the wall hoping it sticks Um, but I mean, even then, it doesn't matter. The The Suns aren't going to call post-ups for DeAndre Ayton. They haven't had to. The Lakers have given the Suns anything they've wanted in the paint, which has a lot to do with the Suns' guards driving as much as they have. And let me tell you, going into this series, I did not expect Cameron Payne to be the most 
valuable point guard on the Suns roster? Uh, nobody did. I think that much is, is obvious, but I don't even think many expected. I, I, I went on Locked on Lakers and was talking with, with, with the brothers over there and was saying that, uh, you know, campaign was probably one of the sun's biggest X factors. And even I didn't expect that he would mm-hmm. actually answer to this level, but yeah, the, the little moments where he can get a few layups at the rim. I mean, he's so good at that, that reverse layup. He, he can finish with either hand pretty well. I mean, he loves the left of course, but, but has enough of the floater and everything else to make it happen. And he's been huge, but to your point about sticking, kind of throwing things against the wall, seeing what sticks, I, I want to ask you just sort of your best case scenario as we get into game six, um, I think that's kind of a good way to frame this, but let's first take a quick break to hear from rock auto rock auto makes car part purchases, easy, quick, and cheap. They do not even require an account. They charge you the same price as they charge pros. So you don't have to worry about walking into a dealership and getting screwed. Like we all have done in the past. You just log in, type the part or type the car that you have, and then scroll through all the parts available. Click what you need and get it delivered directly to your door within days. It's that easy. It's that quick. And I really do recommend it. I've told you guys I bought the um, very, uh, very quickly had to buy a visor for my car because the previous one had cracked off and the sun was beating down as early as like March in Phoenix. So they helped me there. They saved the day. And it really was that easy. I'm speaking from experience and uh, you guys will love it. So go to rockauto.com right now. Type your car into their search bar, scroll through and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you make your purchase, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Back here with Christian Rivas of Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, wanted to pick up on that thread, Christian, which is um, just what you see as the best case scenario. We had uh, John Gambadoro, the local kind of son's insider that we have here breaking news and stuff. And um, he has pretty obvious folks that he knows in the Lakers, um, in the Lakers organization, you can connect the dots as you'd like. Um, But he thought he had been talking about on his radio show here and had tweeted that the, the Lakers might try what you said there at the end of the last segment of LeBron at the five and just go super small. I thought we might, you know, maybe Markeith Morris. I don't really know if that's an option, but they have other ways to downsize that do not involve AD. So is that seem like an answer to you? You were talking about the help defense at the rim. And I, I was thinking, well, man, would it help if, you know, LeBron could provide some of that too, but it just seems like that's a limitation of his injury as well right now. So I don't, I don't know if going small necessarily answers a lot of those questions. Yeah. And it's interesting when you talk about Lakers, going small because their their ultimate small ball lineup features Anthony Davis at the five who is six ten. Um LeBron James, depending on who you ask, is six nine. And I I don't know if they would have a size or physicality disadvantage if, if LeBron James were to go out and, and and play the five. I think physically if if you play him close to the rim, he can probably keep up with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, he, he's been a physical force throughout his career that hasn't changed. Um, the logic behind playing LeBron James at center would be to open up space for the Lakers shooters, play five out on the offensive end, and then, again, living with whatever the Suns do on, on their offensive end on the other side of the floor. Sure. The, the problem is on offense – 
you're assuming the Lakers shooters are going to make their shots. And that just not at that, that has not been the case with all due respect to the Suns and the defense they played. I think they're a really well coached team. This would be a different series. If the Lakers just shot a league average from literally anywhere on the floor, like it's, it's really just come down to making shots versus not making shots, which like, of course that's the game of basketball, but more often than not, the the game is decided by teams making it tough for you to make shots. The Lakers are making it tough on themselves to 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 make shots. Not just because they're not making them and they're whiffing on them. They're not taking shots when they're open because that's that's how bad their confidence is at this stage of the series. It's all bad, Brendan. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not feeling super confident. <laughs> you tweeted as we were getting ready for this that I was going to be your therapist, and I feel like we're already there. I thought maybe we would get to, like, the last segment where I was planning no. to talk with you about, you know, what if they lose and just sort of what's the emotional state of things and the fan base and all that. We're already there, though. Um, <laughs> I get you because, it, honestly, I mean, if we're being honest, like, neither team had shot the ball well really at all. I mean – the Suns are at, I thank you to basketball reference for not having, okay, 33% from deep in the series. The Lakers are shooting 30%, right? So um, you said anywhere on the floor and, and that's the difference, but the three point range has not been there for either team. And, and that's supposedly a really massive strength for the Suns. So if you would have said that the Suns would shoot so poorly and be up in this series with, you know, going into game six, that's, that's a win for them. And I think you're right that it's, it's about the way that they've found other ways to score, getting the free throw line a little bit better since game one, you know, getting to the rim, like we talked about, but do you think like if, if we see the Lakers bounce back, if we see, you know, maybe a little bit more of the players who are willing to shoot, just getting more minutes, or we do just see a bounce back from somebody like KCP or Kuzma from deep that, that would be enough for the Lakers to win. I mean, Marcus Gasol was in foul trouble in game five. That that mm-hmm. screwed things up. But let's say he's he plays more. He makes some threes. The other guys on this team, like they just shoot like 35% and right. they generate some good looks. And like the offense is actually doing what it's designed to do, what a LeBron James and mm-hmm. no one else type of offense has done in the past in the playoffs. Does that, does that get the job done? I'm, I mean, yeah, I think so. Because you you look at every other game they've played, um, and specifically that game four, the Lakers could not make shots. They they were a bad offensive team, and that game was still pretty close. And had a few shots fallen in their favor, I think they probably would have taken a lead in the series. But again, it's not it's not just the three point shooting. Like in game five, the Lakers shot. 43.5% from the restricted area. I don't know if you know where the restricted area is, but it is right by the basket. And the Lakers have three centers on their team and an imposing force in LeBron James. They shot 43.5% from the restricted area. Like th- there was a point in the game where LeBron James just missed a layup right at the rim and started looking up and laughing. And at that point, that's really all you can do. That's just a cursed game. Um, the problem is, it's not a cursed game. It is a it's a cursed series for the Lakers because even when you know they they were winning games, they still weren't shooting the ball particularly well. Um, I don't have the stats from Game Three 
in front of me, but I want to say the Lakers shot under 20% from three uh, in their game three win. Um, it's just. Yeah. 25, 25%, seven of 28. That is ugly. It's silly. And you know, I, my mentality going into game six is the same mentality I had going into game five. If they play defense at a high level, which they've done in the past, they were the, the number one ranked defense going into the postseason. Um, they just need two guys or a two and a, two, one and a half guys to step up for LeBron James in that series. Uh, Logic would have it that it's Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma. Dennis Schroeder shot 0 of 9 from the field in in game five, which is just not going to get it done. Uh, Obviously, you're not going to pin a 30-point loss on any one player, but he needed to be better. Uh, Kyle Kuzma had a few opportunities to get going and didn't. Montrezl Harrell who was the runner or won the six man of the year award last season went on the floor and, and couldn't score. Uh, so the, the big question for me going into game six is where the offense comes from outside of LeBron James. And not only that, what version of LeBron James we're going to get, because again, I think LeBron James at 80% is a very good player but LeBron James at 80% physically and maybe 50% mentally in, in, in terms of how engaged he is in the game does not bode well for the Lakers. And I, in my opinion, that that is the LeBron James we got in game five. Yeah, I was looking at, at Schroeder's um, playoff numbers and he hasn't really had a good shooting playoffs for a while now. Um, dating back to the two runs with Oklahoma city. And he hasn't really been lights out from deep in a substantial way since he was with Atlanta in 2017. But I agree. I mean, those are the two guys you would expect is are Kuzma and Schroeder. I think Kuzma has stayed aggressive even as um, you know, the shot, the deep shot at least is not really going in. I feel like he, he seems to make sense to start in place of Morris and defensively, like you were talking about, if they can just do that, I, I tend to feel personally, just from what we've seen in this series, not having obviously watched the Lakers as much as you have the whole rest of the season, but it seems like if they can, if, if Caldwell Pope can play and Gasol is able to play a little bit more, um, you know, dropping Gasol into the paint and then just playing your aggressive guards and wings and LeBron you know, that, that I think is a recipe that can work defensively. If you're also making shots on the other end, like, I just want to like, maybe it's me feeling like Suns fans are getting a little bit too, uh, I, I don't know, not even cocky, but I, I do want people to just realize this, there, there is an obvious rubric for the, for the Lakers to win in this game. And, you know, regardless of the LeBron that we've seen and, and what he looks like and everything else, like you're right to point out that they've just been so atrocious from deep that it almost makes the rest of the evaluation difficult. And uh, yeah, missing layups and things doesn't help either, but uh, let's, let's end the adjustment talk there because I don't know about you. I get into the the end of these series and I'm like, we kind of know, like we know what, what it is. Right. And so I I do want to talk to you before we get out of here, Christian, about 
what the the vibe is over there and then just you know what what it would mean kind of to to lose or, or just what what the the emotional sort of situation is for this Lakers team I saw somebody in my mentions arguing with me about Frank Vogel getting fired so I know if if it's if it's in my mentions I can only imagine what it's like over there but we'll talk about all that on the other side of another quick break. First, though, a word from betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, including this Suns-Lakers series. If it's going to make it feel even better for you guys to watch a potential Suns series win over LA um, and bet on it at the same time, dive right in there. They have uh, up to up to the minute, up to the day odds on all these NBA series, all the NHL playoff stuff going on as well as MLB, fights, tennis, golf, everything. It's the busiest sports time of the year. And BetOnline has you covered with news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info every single day. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the game as teams prep for their run to the title. The way to do that, head to betonline.ag on the web or on their mobile device. Make an account, and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, when you make your first deposit at betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey guys, Brendan here. Just wanted to remind you before we get into our last segment with Christian, getting you ready for game six, that today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Okay, Christian. So I don't want to, you know, fast forward and act like this thing is over. I definitely don't think it's over. And um, so just with that said, I'm curious how Lakers fans are approaching this. I think that's actually useful to, to kind of gauge for Suns folks over here, because um, I think this is completely unexpected for Suns fans, quite frankly. So I would imagine the, the vibe is pretty similar for uh, folks in LA. Yeah, I think there are two sides right now. There's one side that is fine with the Lakers losing because this season was cursed from the beginning with the shortened off season and all the injuries they suffered going into the playoffs as the number seven seed, having to play in that playing game. Uh, um, and you know, if we're being honest, I think that's probably how LeBron James would feel if he got eliminated too. Um, and I'm not just saying that because. You know, LeBron is known for finding <laughs> an explanation, if you will, for the reasons he think things go awry in, in the postseason, whether it's a shortened offseason, which is a valid criticism, um, or the discrepancy between fans in Phoenix versus L.A., I'm positive that will come up. Uh, if, if Chris Haynes is reporting that during the game, it's somebody's been in his ear and uh, yeah, we, know oh, who, yeah. we know who Chris Haynes is plugged into. Um, so that's, that's one thinking. The other thinking that I've seen in my mentions a lot in the last 24 hours is okay. Well, th this is, this is it. This is it for the Lakers. This is LeBron's last season as last season as an elite player. Uh, we wasted it. What, what's, what's the next move as Frank Vogel going to be fired is do we, kickstart the rebuild by trading players or do we go all in on on a star um and you know i think it's silly personally but you also have to understand that there's no precedent for lebron james getting eliminated in the first round because it's never been done before 
LeBron hadn't even lost back-to-back games in the first round up until Tuesday. He made the finals on his rookie contract. This right. this is unprecedented territory. Yeah. It un uncharted territory. And uh so I don't know. Personally, if the Lakers lose tomorrow, then so be it. I'm a little bummed that I don't have a second favorite team in the Western Conference like I usually do. I think I, I have one to offer you if you're <laughs> feeling <laughs> you know, kidding. if if it weren't for the fact that they were matched up in this series, I would strongly consider it. And that's not just me saying that. Suns are the obvious bandwagon team this year. I mean, right. I, at least I think so. Yeah, and I think you're probably right. Again, had the cards fallen differently, I'd probably feel the same way. Uh, I think whoever wins this series is probably going to make the NBA Finals. Um, but, you know, who who knows? I But I, l- listen, I'm not going to be rooting for the Clippers and the Jazz in, <laughs> in that series uh, or in the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. So... Probably the yeah, cl- clearly the two most <laughs> unlikable teams in the West. I think it's fair to say. Um, I love the I love the Nuggets. Uh, I look forward to um, seeing what they can do in the second round, assuming that they can make it out of that series. But um, anyway, I I agree with you that the unprecedentedness of this thing is what's I think making everybody kind of have a seizure about it. Um, mm. And to me, it. I just I, I when you you talked about that layup miss, which was in the third quarter, but even before that, in the first quarter, he obviously came out in that game ready to uh, kind of size up his teammates, maybe because he he knew he wouldn't be able to do the 45, 15 and five routine that we saw him do with the heat or, or the Cavs. But partially also, I think, to see who was going to be ready for this last three and Mm-hmm. The answer pretty resoundingly was uh, at least in game five, nobody was right. was ready for it. And I really did like maybe Suns fans are just going to hate me for even saying this. But as a person who has grown up watching this person compete at the highest level and entertain the hell out of me for so long, like mm-hmm. I did start to be like, holy crap, like, is this, you know, the beginning of a different thing for him? Like, are, are we there? And I really do think more so than anything, it's the injuries like, right. That's what. I think it's lost. And, you know, we, we tend to have like a, a situation to kind of confront it with a lot of great players. Like, you know, Kobe's last few years were marred by, by terrible injuries. And we never really kind of, I guess the last season we got it right. But, you know, players tend to get to this point and we kind of have a while in their thirties where it's like, they're, they're struggling through it. But LeBron has just been so bulletproof that, for it to come upon us all of a sudden this way um, is just really striking and, and kind of scary and, and weird to think about as an NBA fan, like what the hell happens when LeBron James is not there. But, you know, at the end of the day too, I think it's the, these things tend to end in a hurry when they do. So I'm not saying it's over, but I do get the Lakers fans who are kind of panicking, like the Warriors thing, you know, one, one minute, it's the best thing going. And the next minute, everyone hates each other. I don't, you know, it's just, it's uh, it is very fleeting. So the first round is a weird place for it to happen, but this stupid season kind of made it that way. And that's all that's swirling around in my head. I never, never thought that the Suns would, would be in the situation. I have a trip planned in uh, a time when the Suns might now be in the playoffs if they were able to get this thing uh, going. So yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I, uh, I have no idea what to expect for game six. If I, if I had a, bet on what's going to happen i think the suns probably win despite lebron james best effort um or 
the alternative is the Lakers get punched in the mouth from tip off. And it's another situation of, of, uh, you know, Cavs Warriors in 2018, where LeBron James <laughs> says peace out to his teammates. We'll regroup in the summer. And by we, I mean Le- me and Anthony Davis. You guys are gone. Yeah. Exactly. See you later. Um, whatever happens, though, like, again, th- this season was nuts. Uh, hopefully, I mean, the good news is if you're trying to look on the bright side, if, if you're a Lakers fan, um, is that none of LeBron or 80s injuries? I'm gonna knock on wood. Hold on. <laughs> none of LeBron and 80s injuries are serious career-ending injuries. These are just nagging injuries they've had to play through because of the nature of the season and the fact that it's the playoffs. Like that's just the reality of it. And it's unfortunate, but I guess if there were any season to want a long off season, it would be a season after you won a championship and then had to jump right back into it right after. Uh, so again, I don't know. I wish you guys the best of luck. <laughs> I, again, I would root for you if it weren't for the fact that uh, I have grown nah, to you hate can't. this team. You can't at this point. Yeah. You can't and, sit there and clap while Jay Crowder does some uh, bullshit in the next game. Right. Uh, I mean, come on, like death, it's, death it's by against Jay Crowder. It's against is, everything in your blood at this point. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jay, uh, uh, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted the series in the Lakers' favor because of Jay Crowder. I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's one of those things that if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you hate him. But I, oh, can I tell think some fans hated him for games <laughs> one, two, and three because he couldn't make a single three. Yeah. Um, even with, and he's getting clowned by LeBron and it's like running, rubbing dirt in the wound and all that. And then things obviously flip quickly, but, uh, yeah, it seems like neither one of us know quite how to feel heading into this one. It's similar to how I felt going into game five. I had no idea what my guess was of, of the result. I didn't know what the sort of rhythm of the game would be. And I, I feel similarly, I mean, you get late in these competitive series and it's just every game is such a slog and, uh, it is just kind of these little things that make it. The Lakers are currently favored on bookies.com. Bet online does not have a, uh, an, a line yet what? by three <laughs> by three. Um, and the money line is Lakers minus 150. So uh, there it is. But the Suns are favored to win the series. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think anyone quite has a read, but Christian, Thank you for coming on. You can follow his work at Silver Screen and Roll, podcasting, writing about the Lakers if you want their side of things. He's a great Twitter follow at Rad Rivas as well. Uh, thanks, man, for joining me. No problem.